Go get the realness too by Cormega in stores now available on all streaming platforms. Also go get the realness too on vinyl at toughkongrecords.com. The album features Nas, Lloyd Banks, and Havoc of Mob Deep. Also, it features production from Street Runner, Harry Frog, Havoc from Mob Deep. Alchemist. Go get the realness two by Core Mega in stores now. They call him Welcome to Rodas Live. I'm your host, Rodas. Today on Rodas Live, it's all about the battle. So we're going to get into hip hop in its purest form. We're taking it back to the essence. When one MC challenged another MC, we got a dope interview with Notion. That'll be a little bit later on in the show. But we got the Cannabis and LL Cool J battle. Anybody that doesn't know cannabis or ever heard of cannabis, cannabis first appeared on the Lost Boys album. He had a stellar verse on the song. Then after that, he appeared on the Firm album on a track called Desperados with Nature and AZ. And he did his thing on the track. Then him and LL Cool J, they was on a posse cut together and Cannabis felt some type of way about LL Cool J on the track. And then it resorted to the battle. So let's differentiate a beef and battle. So a beef, in my opinion, is, you know, when you see somebody, y'all throwing hands. But today, this beef, this battle, it wasn't like that. You know, they, they strictly kept it on wax. They sharpened their swords, and they went at it. So today I'm going to play the Cannabis and LL Cool J battle for y'all in its entirety. And I don't mean to disrespect the GOAT LL Cool J, but he's been in hip-hop for decades. He is a legend. And he's arguably the GOAT to most. So I'm going to just sum everything up. He's the first artist signed to Def Jam. All right? Besides Run DMC, he's the first artist signed to Def Jam. Let's get it. Cannabis versus LL Cool J, y'all. <laughs>
Cannabis, man, what's up, man? I caught you on that cut with Wycliffe, man. You were booming, but I caught these foul, slouch-ass niggas. You know me talking foul about you the other night on the corner of the boulevard, man. I wasn't with that, but I ain't know you well enough to defend you, though, right? But you seem like you got true game. But beep game, man, they've been playing me all my life, man. You know, I won a title a couple of times, did right. You know me, but they can't hurt us, man. We gonna do it. Get up in this ring, man. Put on these gloves. Let me show you how to handle yourself, man. You don't got nobody out there with you. I got to show you, man. Get up in here. Move that head, man. Come on to me, man. But when you come, man, you gotta come for blood, man. Come up to me, man. Come on, bust that nigga hole, man. The niggas talking that shit about you. Hey, Mike Tyson here speaking with the cannabis man over here. Yo, cannabis, your main objective out here is to do nothing but eat, 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 eat them seeds for lunch, breakfast. Hey, man, they've been playing me all my life, man. You know, I won a title a couple of times, did right. But they can't hurt us, man. We gonna do it. Get up in this ring, man. Put on these gloves. Let me show you how to handle it. So I'ma let the world know the truth. You don't want me to shine. You study my rhyme. Then you laser vocals at the mind. That's a bitch move. Something that a homo rapper would do. So when you say that you platinum, you only dropping clues. I studied your background. Read the book that you wrote. Researched your footnotes about how you used to sniff coke. Fronting like a drug-free role model. You disgust me. I know bitches to see you smoke weed recently. You walk around showing off your body because it sells. Plus the Avoid the fact that you ain't got scales Mad at me cause I kick that shit real niggas fail Why 99% of your fans wear high heels From Ice-T to Kumo D to Jay-Z Now you wanna fuck with me? You must be crazy You dripping with whack juice and you can't get it off You better be prepared to finish what you start, hey, 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 nigga You just hold it right there We got another thing on the wall The fighter and the future trucks If I see one more, you're out there, son You understand? You'll be the squad of fight Stop being a bitch We can't see a fight Harder than that, man. You don't want no bitch ass niggas hanging out with me, man. We're warriors, man. When we go into battle, we come out. Respect that I deserve. Well, I'ma take it by force. Blast it with a 45 call. Make you somersault. Shock you with a couple hundred thousand ball thunderbolts before you won in the war. Now you wanna talk. It's about who strikes the hardest, not who strikes first. That's why I laugh when I hear that whack ass verse. That shit was the worst rhyme I ever heard in my life. Cause the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. God bless his soul. Rest in peace, kid. It's because of him. Now at least I know what beef is. It's not what I would call this. See, this is something different. A faggot nigga trying to make a living. For dissing. Somebody that he gotta know is better than him But he feeling himself cause he got more cheddar than him Well let me tell you something, you might got more cash than me But you ain't got the skills to eat a nigga's ass like me And if you really wanna show off, we can get it on Live in front of the cameras on your own sitcom I let you kick a first, fuck it, I let you kick them all I'll even wait for the studio audience to applaud now watch me rip the tap from your arm, kick you in the groin, stick you for your vanguard award in front of your mom, your first, second, and third born, make your wife get on the horn, call Minister Farrakhan, so he can persuade me to squash it, I say no, nah, he started it, he forgot what a hardcore artist is, a hardcore artist is a dangerous man, such as myself, train to run 20 miles in soft sand, on the off land, programmed to kick hundreds of balls off land, from a lost and forgotten land, you done did it man, you done spitted some wax shit it, and probably thought that because it's been a minute, I forget it, Fuck that, cause like common and cube, I see the bitch in you And I'ma make the world see you too, motherfucker we have a new lyrical weight champion By second round knockout, three minutes and forty seconds Can I go? Yo, cannabis, man, you moving like my tiger Kenya, man You're in and out and you add you with your flow, man But dig, right? You got, you got to meet, man, that's your name, cannabis Your whole, your whole agenda's to eat these niggas, man They have no business to be on the same stage with you Mike, would you?
Pussycat, I'm wrapped up in aluminum for you, ready to boil I'ma tear the skin off your ass with ten 
over your shoulder, nigga, that's where you're headed. Motherfucker, where's the rhyme when you need it? First rule of miracle war, never repeat it. You said the same bullshit at House of Blues. Lit the pipe, drop the match, and spark the wrong fuse tattoo. Yeah, nigga, I'm going at you. Stop facing, and you can be a role model too. This my mom, who's the real rap god? Who ruled for 15 years to drop bombs? Who got solid gold Grammys to stay calm? LL, when you drop verses, a nigga's prom. Faggot, you better battle number two. Cause number one, got a title locked down, son. The king of all rappers to ever grace the stage on the mic. Best that ever did it, I'm wicked. Write a verse and flip it, melt it down the liquid. And drown shorty, fill his lungs until I rip it. Chest bust open, heart burst and smoking. You see that nigga, son? Joking. Maneuver, manipulate, brainwaves, transform your thought process for my pen gets arrest. Warning, all MCs better retreat. Look at Corny Busty, can't walk down his own street. Better run and get the food feed, cause I eat, eat, eat MCs. Devour their titles, cause I'm an idol slash icon. Tell Wyclef, don't even turn this fucking mic on. Soldier nigga, thought I told you nigga. Crossover, slam dunk, game over nigga. Soldier nigga, thought I told you nigga. That was Cannabis versus LL Cool J. Um, both of those songs are available on all streaming platforms. But I want y'all to um, email me, message me, hit me up. Let me know who y'all think won the battle. And also let me know which song y'all think was best and why. Why y'all chose the winner that y'all think won the battle. Cannabis or LL Cool J, y'all. Y'all go get those songs on all streaming platforms. Post up. Welcome to Riders Live. I'm your host, Riders. Today we have a special guest with an extensive resume lyricist, videographer, producer, writer, and most importantly, battle rapper MC. He goes by the name of Notion. Introduce yourself to the listeners of Riders Live and tell them a little bit about yourself. Well, it seems like you did my job for me, big dog. What's going on, y'all? It's the <laughs> kid Notion. I'm a battle rapper. I might do some more battle sis soon at some point. I'm a freestyler, songwriter, you know what I'm saying? I got some mixtapes coming soon as well. And then also my main man, he he referenced my production company, Monumental LLC. I shoot films, short films, I shoot battles, I shoot commercials, anything you could put a camera in front of. Yeah, That's so what's up. That's what's up. So how did you switch over to the video line? Oh man, that's a story right there. That's a story and a half. Uh, so check me out. Um, I was looking to, it all started with my first music video, my first solo music video. So I was looking for a videographer to shoot a music video for me. And I had just got back to Madison, Wisconsin from uh, Minneapolis. I spent some time out there. 
And so, you know, in high school, I used to battle a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like I would, I would jump in all the ciphers that I possibly could. There was this one who I remembered me and him had a really good battle, right? You know, at the time his name was Chris Style. And so yeah, we had a really good battle. And uh, so forward to I'd say maybe 2012 or something like that. I'm walking downtown. This is probably like within the first two weeks of me being back to Madison, Wisconsin and stuff, right? Because I was gone for a minute. I hear somebody yell my name. It was like, hey, is that Notion? Now, when you a battle rapper and somebody call your name, you got two different things going through your head. You thinking... Is this somebody, you know what I'm saying, who's like a fan or something like that on like a positive note? Or is is this about to be a situation? You know what I'm saying? So I turn around and I see this dude with this camera and he's like got this model. And I look and the dude looks mad familiar. And I was like, Chris Style? So I guess the same dude I used to battle against in high school, he became a director. And I was telling him, I'm like, yo, this is perfect. I need somebody to shoot a music video for me. And so during the process of me and him developing a plan for my first music video, I started like studying some of the things he was doing. And I ended up falling in love with it myself. Okay. So what's the transition like from um, being a battle rapper to a videographer? Well, I mean, there's a few things that kind of correlate, you know what I'm saying, like communication and things like that. But I say, even just being a lyricist is kind of different. Like, when it comes down to film and being behind the camera, instead of being in front of the camera, it's like, it's a whole different world, man. Like, the creativity that you can have as an MC, all you have to do is describe stuff where, you know, you don't need words for the same kinds of things that you would put in front of the camera. Like as a director, the things that you say is based off of the things that you allow the viewer to focus on. And so it's like how you express an emotion in a film might not even have any words in it. As a matter of fact, sometimes it's better if it doesn't. You see somebody's body language switch up, or for example, if somebody looks over at something and then the next scene like kind of shows like a zoom in on like one small thing, then they never show that to you again until the end of the film. It's still in the back of your mind. You still remember it and you're thinking, why did they show us that? until the end of the film and then boom, it hits you. Those kinds of things are like little Easter eggs. Those are like, I would I would equate them to like punchlines when like a lyricist is rhyming, it's do it like a setup at the beginning and then at the end, boom, it hits you like, oh yeah, that's what he was talking about. Mm. So it's priceless. So what are, what are some of the challenges of bringing the actual song 
to fruition on the screen as opposed to somebody or the artist having it in their head? Is that difficult or not? Mm, that's a great question. So a lot of the, the things that I've realized in doing this for some time is it's not about my vision because, you know, I started this, this whole company based off of, you know, like me being inspired off of making my own stuff, right? Right. And so one thing that I've realized is it's, it's more of a collaboration. So even if I'm the director, I'm the camera guy and the editor, like what's in someone else's mind, I have to cater to that and then mix that in with what I do to make something that is very unique between what I was thinking and what they were thinking. And so it's a relationship thing because it's like a lot of communication, like someone's perspective might be completely different than yours. And so, for example, they'll say something like, yeah, I want a dark video, just something grimy, right? And then, so I'll start putting some stuff together then I'll hit the client back like, yo, this is what I got. And they'll be like, yo, this is too grimy, man. Like, this is way too much. And so in my mind, I'm thinking they want something hard. And in their mind, hard might not be the same thing. And so it's just, it's all about communication and perspective and perception. Okay. So how difficult is the editing process? Walk us through it. Now, that's a good one. So the editing process, it's, so like, when when you're a person with a company the whole idea is there's supposed to be an editor a director cameraman uh, a gaffer a producer there's like all sorts of different roles and so none of these roles in particular are very difficult when you have one person doing them all though there's advantages and there's disadvantages so I'd say editing, the hardest thing about editing is learning new skills while implementing those new skills. And so let's say you shoot a music video and it's got like green screen in it, right? right. But you've never worked with green screen. So now you got to learn how to do green screen in the amount of time uh, that you have your deadlines for to get all of the videos to all of the clients that you need them to. So I'd say deadlines is probably the only thing that's difficult about music video editing or editing in general. Okay. So with the editing process, um, what type of timeline do you usually give for each video mm -hmm. to keep the continuity so, of the business flowing and, um, the clients happy. Yeah, so I try to be honest with the clients. I, I say it depends on the music video because let's say I shoot a music video and it's just some guy, you know what I'm saying, like on a corner in front of a liquor store or something like that, right? right. And, you know, I chop up the things, you know, like show different aspects of what's going on in the background. It's a pretty simple video. I could probably get that back to the client within the same week almost, you know, maybe two weeks. But something that's more elaborate where 
there's like a storyline to it. And, you know, it's not just me adding effects. Uh, then all you're doing is just waiting for the effects to render. If you have a story, then this scene can't just go anywhere. It has to specifically go in this part of the story where it's like this next scene has to go after that. It has to end a certain way. It has to begin a certain way. There's got to be something that happens in the middle to keep the viewers going and stuff. So when there's like a narrative that is being like built into, you know, the, the story, it's a little more time consuming because you got all of the same things that you were doing before with the effects and everything. But it's like you have to tell the story. And with music videos that are stories, I kind of look at them as movies. And so with movies, each scene tells its own little story. And so with the way I look at it, you shoot a shot based off of what you have in your mind, but there are certain other like factors that come into play. And some of those other factors can change you know what I'm saying? Like what story is being told and even how it's told, the tone that is being taken and stuff like that. And if you're really creative, the themes that are displayed as well. And so there's like underlining things that go into that as well. But to be to be clear, it's something like that, like a storyline joint, I would probably say three weeks to a month. You know what I'm saying? That should be that should be a good basis for something. Okay. Um, does the budget of the artist help move the production of the video faster? Absolutely. Um, I was working with I was working with a artist who wanted to shoot a film, but he wanted it to be like a giant music video. Oh, and wow. so yeah, I'm thinking in my head, all right. I would love to do something like this, but that's a lot of time. That's a lot of work. That's a lot of effort. Um, so and it's, it's currently not no festivals going on where I could get some of this footage with all these people and shit. We can't get to right. Mardi Gras right now. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I say. Uh, so with that in mind, um, with like a 30-minute, you know what I'm saying, short film that's like a giant music video, that can't be just a guy standing in front of the liquor store, like I was saying. That's got to be like a multifaceted thing. And so um, him being the producer and the director for that specific project, it kind of opened the doors for me to kind of do what I do because I was able to set the shots the way that they needed to be set. I was able to uh, focus in on just how the thing was gonna be shot and how I was gonna like make it easier for myself to edit it later. And so the budget came into play when it came down to the producing of the, the music video movie. So it made it easy because I didn't have to worry about, all right, so where are we gonna shoot this? He was like, all right, so, already paid for this place and then so we're gonna go in here we're gonna shoot and so once i saw the place everything started hitting me 
But once I start, once I got to think about the different locations, once I have to figure all of those things out on my own, it becomes more time consuming. I shot that movie in the span of eight hours. That was just a shift. Wow. So is the movie actually out? And can you tell us the name of it or no? Oh, I can tell you the name of it. The movie, it, it's not out yet. We're going to be uh, shipping that out to some different uh, film festivals. The name of the movie is Cicada. And I'll even tell you a little bit about it. It's uh, So the, the concept for the movie is uh, a man gets a, a letter in the mail. And basically, it's this research company that supports black people, they want black people to get their reparations. But in in turn, they would like to do like a little like experiment and stuff with them, basically explore black trauma. And so he was thinking, oh, cool, I get free therapy. You know what I'm saying? I get to get this, this uh, reparations and everything. So he goes in there. And so the story is kind of like the matrix. He goes into this place that he thinks is just a regular building has a little like quick interview. He's like doing some stuff with this machine. Then all of a sudden he's thinking he's gonna be talking with someone like a person. It's not a person at all. It's actually a program, like a machine. AI. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like AI. Okay. And so it goes from real life to virtual reality. Wow, awesome. I can't wait to see that movie. Shameless plug, shameless plug. Notion um, directed two of my videos, um, 10 Piece Spicy and Never Mind. They're available on YouTube and writersonline.net. Check that out, they hot. But it's all about Notion. Um, We're going to leave his information if you want to book a video with him. And um, he'll try to accommodate you the best that he can um, with the schedule. But you got to have a budget. You got to Okay, so let's go over into the battle rapping arena, but we're going to have a little fun first. Let's do that. This is a difficult question. Um, mm-hmm. Who's your top five MCs? And since you are battle rapping, top five and, MCs. You pay, and you pay attention to lyrics and all of that, I'm going to be a little hard on you. It ain't, ain't no order. It, it, it's definitely an order, chronological. Sequential, top five MCs, and why? Okay. Well, I'll say I got even more for you than that. So, like, throughout the time of hip-hop, I've been kind of, like, looking at the MCs that came before me and the MCs that are, like, coming up in the rankings even now and stuff, right? And I compare them all by... Who came up with what? Like who invented these things? Cause it's like, you you can give props to the person that's like the Michael Jordans of the world, but you gotta talk about the OJs and you know what I'm saying, or the the Juice Mans and the Wilt Chamberlains and you know what I'm saying, all of the people who came before that, because without them, there would be no Jordan or anything like that, right? Um one of my favorite MCs of all time, and I struggle with it from time to time, but I definitely got to give 
a lot of props and a lot of love to my main man, uh, Grandmaster Cash, man. Grandmaster Cash. Right. Yeah, bro. Like, he's, like, I, I've listened to some of his stuff, and he's been, he has punchlines that are so, you know what I'm saying, well put together and weaving that people nowadays are starting to put stuff together in that same way. And this is like, we, we, man, that's, that's a long time ago that he was a name in the hip hop world, still banging, still like, you know what I'm saying, one of the top people. So I got to say, Grandmaster Cast, I would have to say like, at least the number, number three spot. I got to give him three. I want to give him one, but I'm not just in the punchlines. I say my number two spot, I would have to get at to my main man, Nas. And that's because he didn't necessarily like come up with any of the things that he does like before anyone else. But as far as the things that I've listened to Nas for, he was the first one who had that kind of effect on me. And one of the reasons is because he does, he writes in a way that's different than other people. Like he uses uh, personification in some of his bars. Like he tells like these small stories that'll last like maybe two lines where somebody else would say like a punchline per se. Like he'll, he'll tell you something that's so short, but it'll have like maximum impact. Like uh, when he he was rapping about, you know what I'm saying, writing a letter to one of his homies who got locked up, right? And uh, he was talking about this guy named Jerome. I didn't know who Jerome was, but it was a character in the story, right? Mm-hmm. But I got attached to Jerome when he talked about, you know what I'm saying, the murder of Jerome's niece. I'm right. like, damn. You know what? what? Um, he does have that effect. And um, one of the lines of his first album, Illmatic, um, he says, "This nigga raps with a razor. Keep it under my tongue." The school dropout. I never liked this shit from day one. I was like, "Damn, I felt like that too." Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like instantly relatable, and it's you know, it's something that that can be universal. You know what I'm saying? That a lot of people. And so that that there's my number two. If I had to give a definite one, ah man, it's kind of difficult, man. Um, but I can say I usually put Pac as my number one. And hey, as long as he's in the conversation, you know. Mm-hmm. So his stuff was a lot of people misunderstood Pac because he was just so dynamic. Like he had the poetry, he was telling stories just like Nas was, but like from more of a raw perspective. And you know what I'm saying? He was really like, man, he created like a whole movement just based off of who he was. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, and he's one of those types of people who I feel like there can never be another. There I agree. Be another I'm in agreement with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And 
I feel like Pac, like he, <laughs> man, he was just such a dynamic dude because he'd give you the street stuff, but he also come from a perspective of somebody who has like, not just street intelligence, but like intelligence in general, right? And right. the way he would approach it is he wouldn't use big words. He intentionally used small words so everybody could understand what he was saying. But the things that he was saying were complicated and they were complicated from a perspective of like the concepts that he was talking about, the situations, the drama involved in some of the stories that he would tell. And Joe, he was, he was like what you would get if a storyteller put you into the story right then and there. And that's like the thing that I feel a lot of people misunderstand about hip hop is when you're an MC slash rapper or whatever, it's not just, oh, I have these bars. This is what it is. It's it's a life thing. Like, I am these bars. So when yeah. someone says, like, like, that's a whack song, like, they, some people, they could take it because, oh, them just some whack bars. But some people, they can't take it because, no, that's my life. Like, I'm talking about my life. I never like, looked at it like that. But... At the same time, people always forget, oh, this person is real, this person is fake. They don't understand that it, one, it is artistry. Two, yeah. from the perspective that you coming from, you writing from the heart. You know what I'm saying? You writing with what you can identify with. And a lot of listeners, they just base their perception from mm-hmm. their lens of reality. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And even if it's real or fake, the thing is you creating art. You understand? Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think people should judge your art. Either you could look at it or you don't, or you could listen or you don't. Fuck you. That's true. So I say, <laughs> um, sorry. No, it's all good. No, I'm reviving, bro. Um, I'll give you my number four and five. And my number four, is it's Twister, bro. Yeah. Twister. Hey, I'm means, not arguing with that. Shaz Finest. There are many tongue twisters. There are lots of people who can chop, right? Mm-hmm. But not all of them can chop as clearly. And one thing that I've discovered is it ain't even just how fast he goes. It's his delivery, man. Like his his ability to like give you that kind of vibe while he's rapping that fast. It's just, like, I get a rush even when he's not even rapping all that fast. Like, just, man, I love, I love Rose style and just, like, how he puts together some of these lines. And a lot of people, because I've chopped before, but I'm, I'm not necessarily, like, a chopper, per se. Right. Um, a lot of guys who rhyme those, those, uh, those like matter of fact you a rapper too do you shop at all you know what i'm i'm actually working on a new album and i do have a joint where i am chopping just to show people that i can do it I, I you know what i'm saying um mm-hmm. uh, I love that, bro. i'm displaying different styles on the album um just because i know i could do it it's just that other people don't know that i could do it you know? Yeah, bro. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to hearing that. With chopping, as you know, um, there's 
ways to chop that are just showing your speed. And a lot of people, they go that route because it's the easiest way to go. There's like stencils. People will look up the rhyming dictionary. A lot of chop has to do with phonetic rhyme schemes. Right. So it's stuff that literally it looks like it rhymes and it sounds like it rhymes. And it's not based off of your accent. It's not based off of your personal dialect. It's just straight up rhymes that when you say them fast, anybody can understand them, right? And so there's that. Um, a lot of people go that route and Twist does that, but he doesn't do stencils. No, like he he'll does run not. Them. You mm-hmm. can tell that, um, that you can, it's, it's like blue blue veins is popping out of his music. Like I'm such a fan of Twister. It's like even though he raps fast, I can hear every bar. I could get the message, and it's like he rapping, you know, almost as slow as I talk naturally. You understand? He's, and he's not just yeah. rambling shit. He actually yeah. has sustenance in his music. Shout out to T. Substance, yeah. It's a lot of substance. No, I agree with you, bro. The sustenance and the substance and stuff. And he's got a lot of content. You know what I'm saying? Like how he goes and weaves in and out of these complex rhymes. Like, I feel like, in my opinion, he's the best lyricist when it comes down to chopping. And then my final one, man, I got to get at like a I get out of tie, man. I got a tie, and it's between two of my favorite lyricists, uh, Big L. And then, Shout out. Uh, Rest in peace, Big L. Rest in peace, Big L. You know what I'm saying? He, I give it to Big L because, man, I feel like he's yeah. one of the godfathers of the. Yeah. He, he's like the punchline. He basically took what Grandmaster Cass and Big Daddy Kane and Kumo D was doing, and he took it to the next level. It's and like I guess, he a, like, it's like, like he, it's like he put an Easter suit on that shit. Yeah, I, I call it a tuxedo, bro. For real, for real. He, uh, he put, he put like, and so it's not just a punchline, but like how he developed the idea of an MC being his own businessman. You know what I'm saying? Like once he started flamboyant and everything, that kind of changed everything. Like I seen people who was running with him, like Jay-Z and stuff like that. They started doing their own businesses too. People people don't understand that Jay-Z, Cameron, Mm -hmm. all of them was running with Big L. They was opening up for Big L. And another one, Mm -hmm. um, shout out Mike Geronimo too. Yeah, yeah, big props to bro. And then I say it's a tie for me because Crooked Eye, I probably listen to Crooked Eye more than I listen to anybody else out off the list, off the whole list, man. That dude, he's he's got lyrical rhyme schemes. Heard him on the, them tracks where people be chopping and he chops with the best of them. He's got punchlines for days, just like the dude is just, he's an animal, man. And um, yeah, bro, like he's hes one of the people who inspired me to do this for real. So I really, I really enjoy um, Crooked Eyes' edginess. 
He got mm-hmm. like a cogginess that he could bag up. Like, what? Let me do this. Let me show you what's going on right here. You know. Yeah. My number and six is Royce. Yeah. Royce is my number six. And that's only because the only thing that Crook has over Royce, in my opinion, from my list, is Crooked was the one who got me into hip hop. Like, not hip hop, but like rapping. Whereas like right. Royce, he's a he was just a huge influence on me. So yeah. That's oh, yeah. dope. So mm-hmm. let's get into the um battle rapping. How mm-hmm. how how did you get into it? Man, I I'll tell it to you like this. Uh, I started, you know, I was listening to all sorts of different MCs, like, you know, the crooked eyes of the world and you know, I, I kind of like discovered Crook through, you know what I'm saying, like hearing some stuff off of this thing called the Wake Up Show. Right. And on the Wake Up Show, they had a bunch of different MCs on there. And then a lot of them, I didn't notice at the time, but a lot of them had, you know what I'm saying, a lot of their hands in battle rap. And so a few of them, as I was like doing more research and checking more of their stuff out, I started like peeping that they were battle rappers too. So I'm like, what is a battle rapper? So I started looking up battles and stuff. And as soon as I seen like the first few of them, I started understanding like hip hop on a different level. Cause if you look back, battle rap has been around since the beginning of hip hop. You know what I'm saying? it's It's part of the culture. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. Busy minus, being, minus the violence and dumb shit is definitely part of the culture. Absolutely, man. Like Busy B versus, uh, you know what I'm saying, Kumo D, bro, that was that was insanity. That's insanity. But uh, going back to it, um, so my evolution as an MC is wrapped around battle rap as well because I learned how to freestyle by battling people. And so I walked up to, I remember like it was yesterday. I remember thinking I got to learn how to freestyle. So I walked up in high school up to the, the best freestyler in the whole school, one of the best battlers, right? And I was like, I want to battle. And the dude was like, all right, well, we could battle, man. I'm like, yo, you first. I'm about to chew you up, dog. I'm about to tell you down like talking all sorts of stuff to him right mm-hmm. so buddy was thinking like yo this dude he's probably nice right and so he hits me with this furious 16 bars of just pain for me right and i'm like i bet and i spit one bar <laughs> <laughs> you try that's all i could do I, that's all yeah. i could do you know what i'm saying i had like a setup and a punchline. he was like that's it i'm like yeah that's all I got. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey, you tried and you still doing it. If you wouldn't have quit, you wouldn't be the MC you are today. No, check me out though. I, it was a part of the plan. Like I, I kept doing that. I kept going up to different MCs that I knew were dope and I would challenge them. And for some reason, I couldn't come up with more than a couple of bars. And then one right. day I got into a battle at the studio and stuff and it just hit like uh the people at the studio they were familiar with me enough you know what i'm saying we was all in the group for most of the most of the time and stuff 
And so they knew that every time I freestyle that I would only be able to come up with a couple of bars. And so the dude, this guy, you know what I'm saying? He starts dissing me and he hits with like, you know what I'm saying? Like a 20 bar verse or whatever. It was like a freestyle joint, right? And I remember thinking, I can't let this dude beat me. I remember thinking in my head, this dude is whack. This dude's garbage. I'm trying to think of stuff, right, to say. And so I'm spitting and it started to like go, like I hit the fourth bar. And then the people around me, they was looking at me like, all right, he about to, he about to either choke or he about to just, he not going to finish this. Then I hit. He's about to have a rabbit moment. Right. Right. As though at the fifth bar, they was like, wait, he's still going. And then I, I start, I kept going and I'm, I'm at the eighth bar and I spit a punchline. It was like, yo, like everybody in the room was like on the edge of their seat. Cause they were like, this is the first time they ever seen me go past like two or four bars. And by the time I got to the end, I, yeah, I body dude. And from that moment on, I was a battle rapper. I started battling as many people as I could. I was trying to get a name, you know what I'm saying? I was, man, freestyle battling was my favorite though. So yeah. Okay. So mm-hmm. so since we um breaking down rapping, can you get a people an example of one bar? Hmm. I you say one bar. I got a better flow. It's just like your glasses, fam. I'm a spectacle. Facts. Okay. I like that. All right. Um, so in a battle rapping arena, since mm-hmm. battle rap is a sport. Um, and in sports, you prepare yourself for the game and everything like that. What form of calisthenics can you mm-hmm. use to equip yourself for a battle? Do you practice writing all the time? Do you practice different flows? Walk us through it. Every every artist is different. So everybody has their own method and how they do things. I was talking to a battle rapper and one of the best freestylers I've ever known, right? And he told me, he was like, yeah, bro, you know what I'm saying? I don't rap when I'm alone. I'm like, what? And he was like, yeah, yeah, I don't really practice or nothing. And so it's just in his head, he raps, you know what I'm saying? Right. Whereas like me, myself, the way I prepare, generally speaking, is I'll I'll think like if I have a, an opponent that I'm getting ready for, I'll just think about that opponent and start coming up with like like a perspective rather than bars or rather than coming up with personals or this that and the thirds. I'll come up with like a perspective and a perception like this person is this to me. And so once I have that in my head, I already won a battle. Once I've had in my mind, like, I'm a king and this person's a jester, you know what I'm saying? Like, or jester, I'm a boss and this person's an employee. Once I have something in my mind like that, it's, I can't look at them any other way. And so for me, that's a big part. With freestyle battling, it's a little different because Typically speaking, you don't know who you're going to battle, so you can't come up with that. So you have to come up. For me, it's like kind of look at it real animalistically. It's not 
I don't even think of the bars. Like there's people who think of bars ahead of time or stuff like that. I just look at the whole entire battle as a thing. Like, and I set myself up to where when I go in there, if I'm feeling like I want to battle, it's it's more than a battle to me. Like I'm trying to break someone mentally. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to like, I'm trying to affect them. I'm trying to hit the crowd a certain kind of way. And I'm trying to affect myself even when I'm rapping. It's like something else comes out of me, you know what I'm saying? And it's, I love doing it. So as far as preparation goes, I would say meditation is a really good tool because it can help you focus in one direction. And so that's a big thing right there. And you said, as far as calisthenics, we're talking about freestyling in general. Uh, if it's like a freestyle battle, just freestyle, just really have yourself on point. Cause like any boxer tell you, you know, training will help you, you know what I'm saying? In the ring, but you got to have heart in there too. So training is not going to do everything for you. You know what I'm saying? You got to have that, that, that instinct to do what you need to do. And so do you need to train to win a fight in the, in the streets? No, you don't. <laughs> So it's mm. it's the instincts and it's the training. But yeah. Okay. Only have a few more questions for you. Okay. Um in hip hop, what what rappers do you think can transition over to the battle rap arena and actually make noise or do damage? We ain't gonna talk about Cassidy. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. I caught that. Um, like, it's it's kind of a different thing. Like, I think that it depends on it depends on that rapper in specifics. Like, I could say, cause like for example, Crooked Eye, he has a battle coming up. You know what I'm saying? Do I think that he's gonna transition well? I don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? And he's one of the most feared MCs. You know what I'm saying in the game. So, like, would now Eminem? He used to battle rap back in the day. Could he, he lost transition? The juice. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, that he did not even not only Juice, but he lost to Rhyme Fest too. Oh okay. To Chicago MC, but uh, shout out like, Juice. I did mm-hmm. a show with him at the Dark Room when it was open. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Juice is dope, man. He he ended up being a judge for one of my battles. So yeah. I say real um, cool dude, real cool dude, legendary, legendary freestyler right there, man. Yeah. And so, way I see it is this: like, it depends on how weaved into the culture that rapper is, because you know, you can't just because like there's so many different elements in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Like, you make a good song. That's one thing, but you make a song that's good that has lyrics and bars and all that stuff in it. That's another thing. But you take that song, that track away, and you just got your voice. Now you have to use that as your instrument. That's one point. And then you have your body language. That's another point. You have your image and the angle that you're coming from as an artist. Just like how I was saying before, like a lot of people don't understand the idea that in hip hop, the storyteller isn't just somebody telling a story. They're bringing you into 
their story. So now you're kind of a part of it. Like they are in their own story. And so the same thing with battle rap. It's like, there's a lot of narratives that are painting. Like people think that a battle is just two rappers rapping against each other. No, it's promo. It's literally like they do interviews beforehand. They jump on live and they talk about their opponents. There's so much They're setup. They're King to sit up. Mm-hmm. And so as far as like big time rappers, I'm not sure who, I'm not sure who could do it, man. For real. Um, I probably think maybe the late great DMX probably could do it. It's all right. So I put it like this: in today's world of battle rap, I'm not sure who could just come into this. Right. Okay. Let me ask About you. About ten this. years ago, DMX would have let anybody up. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this: um, I, I I don't really watch battle rap, but mm-hmm. uh, I think our Arsenal is a dog. Monster. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if he the top dog. I don't. I don't know how to battle rap. Echelon go. Is it rankings? Um, I tell you, they got they got systems and tiers like Mount Rushmores and stuff like that for like legendary cast. But there are like the top dogs and stuff. And uh, for example, right now, Sue Surf. He he looks like he's the biggest name and battle rap right now like everybody they want to go at him people have battles where he's not even there people are talking about him like they're battling somebody else and they talking about him so it's like that's how you know somebody hides when their name is mentioned in a situation they have nothing to do with so they catfishing niggas in the damn they catfishing niggas on the promotion side mm-hmm. kind of like how 50 cent used to do with uh you know what i'm saying how to rob where he was just rapping about all of those different people mm-hmm. to promote himself. That's what a lot of people in battle rap be doing. But yeah, um, really it's based off of your performances. Like somebody could come off the street and get a name in a very short amount of time if they knew enough about how battles work and they knew enough about how promotion works. The thing is keeping a name in battle rap comes from just the ability to know which battles to do and which battles to say no to, how much time to spend away. Because some people will battle every other week, maybe twice, three times a month. Sometimes they'll have like 10 battles in a year. A lot of the guys whose names get bigger in a shorter amount of time, they'll have a really good battle and then they'll sit down for like three months, then have another really good battle. And then sit down for another three, four months. You gotta watch the climate, mm-hmm. and you gotta um, pick and choose because your brand is at stake at any any moment. You know, absolutely, absolutely. That's the whole thing. So, tell the people what you got coming up after I say this. Say these things. Um, the first joint we did together is the posse cut, like the go hard or go home. Thanks for that. I think that shit a classic. Definitely. Then second, on my Henny Hunt EP, Bars. Yeah. It was a classic. Yes, sir. Then um, Kings, off my latest joint, Riders. No, he killed Kings, you know. 
I didn't want to go after him, but I didn't have no other choice. <laughs> this man over here, dog. You you kill kids too, bro. I love your verse, man. That's mm -hmm. all good. So yeah. tell the listeners of Riders Live um where they can find you and what you got coming up next. What you got coming up and then plug yeah. your social media. Absolutely. So what I got coming up next, I've been working on a project for years now. And I'm thinking it's about that time to start working on a promo for that and actually getting that out by like maybe the end of the year or something like that. It's called uh, Onslaught. And this kind of album. Y'all yeah. yeah. be on the lookout for that. Mm -mm. I got that. But before, before I drop that, I'm going to be dropping a slew of different like lyrical mixtapes and stuff. I got a mixtape series called Lyrical Fire. You know what I'm saying? One and two are already out. You can catch that at soundcloud.com slash notion one and them joints is them joints is on fire right there i got a third version that i'm about to come up with i'm saying give me about two months i'm thinking about dropping that um it's gonna have some surprising collabos and i'm gonna take my pen places that it's never been okay mm -hmm. you can catch me on soundcloud.com at uh you know what I'm saying? Notion One. You catch me on YouTube at YouTube slash Notion. I got music on Bandcamp. So that'd be uh, bandcamp.notion.com. I got stuff on uh, Reverb Nation as well. This, the stuff I got on Reverb Nation is kind of rare. So you might want to check that out too. Okay. I got a question. Um, do you plan on having vinyl? Vinyl. Now that I'm probably going to do for something like that album onslaught because that's something special i want to do i'm going to put a vinyl together for something like that definitely i'm also working on dropping something early next year i'm not going to tell y'all the name until it's it's time to promote but that one definitely deserves a vinyl will it be will it be visuals with the project All of my all of my projects are gonna have visuals. Uh, you know, even even the mixtape stuff. I'm thinking about, you know, getting into like mixtape movies and stuff like that. Where like from the beginning to the end of the mixtape, it's like a whole. You know what I'm saying? Like cinematic. cinematic. Oh yeah, that's what I'm working on. Okay, and yeah. um, we're gonna do something different today, since you're a special guest. At least to me, you are. Most if you could take one thing, one mm -hmm. thing to make the world better, what would it be? One thing to make the world better for everybody or to the people who you think deserve it. What would that thing be? I would say. You could add or take away. I would say now it's one thing. Is there any limits to this one thing? No limit. I'd make it so that everybody 
that is, you know what I'm saying, everybody that is born could decide their reality and have their own reality be their own personal realities. Because then if a person, once they like understand how the world works, they could create their own personal world rather than living in somebody else's situation or having to follow the laws or rules of someone else's society. Make your own. That's what's up. You heard notion. Beat to your own drum. And that's right. it today on Riders Live. Thank you for coming through. We out. All right, then. One of my.